Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. I have a great guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I have a podcast host, and I love it when when I can have a podcast host on because, again, they get the medium, they understand it. And if you're watching on YouTube, Shay's got it. He, he's got a rocking background. He's got the He's got the mic. He's got the headphones. And so, yeah, you know, when podcast hosts show up, they know how to show up. Not that, not that other guests don't show up correctly, but just something different about a podcast host themselves. And it raises my game. And so, again, I have got the co-host of the Pantry Podcast, Faith Works Community. And by the way, you can get that podcast wherever you get podcasts. We're going to talk about that and so much more with Shay Watson, who joins me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Shay, what's good? How you doing? Hey, Brian, man, it's awesome to be here. It's always exciting to sit down with fellow podcasters and just tear it up and, and talk about how good God is. Yeah. Well, every time I hear the last name Watson, it takes <laughs> me back to a movie called Coming to America. And, oh, and I see this guy, I see that, you know, I see the guy on there. He goes, put your hands together for Mr. Randy Watson. <laughs> <laughs> boy that that takes us back a little bit doesn't it well and, and that's awful. what my son and i use yeah. well dude that's what my son and i use when 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 something is good and terrible we we call that a randy watson because there's the following scene where the the three guys are sitting there and the, and the one guy goes that boy good and, the, and eddie murphy's character goes mm-hmm good and terrible <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm Shay Watson. That's the Shea Butter, and hopefully I'm smoother. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not good and terrible. I, I don't know. Actually, I usually tell people, they, they, they go, how do you spell your name? I'm like, Shea Butter. And, I, and, and I'm like, but I'm not that smooth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, growing up a baseball fan, growing up a Reds fan, I the first okay. thing when I think of Shea is Shea Stadium, the, the old yeah, stadium right. that the, the New York Mets played in for a long time. So that, that's what I think of. So. Spelling came from that, by the way. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, but no story like my family was like fans or anything like that, but the spelling was yeah. originated out of that stadium. Dude, that's awesome. Hey, let's start here. 
okay with 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 our podcast with podcasts and things like that i normally would go in this direction we'll get deeper in, into your podcast and, and your story here in a little bit but take me through the last almost two years as you've been podcasting through a pandemic like like i have been podcasting because i i tend to ask my guests when when, it, when i'm leading off a podcast you know what lesson have you learned in the last almost two years as we've kind of walked through this this pandemic i want to i want to start with this question with you shay how have you podcasted differently in the last couple of years through this pandemic i think uh when it comes to podcasting and, and being within that community of podcasters what you start to learn really fast is that we might come from different churches or, or different backgrounds or, or different sometimes you know the, the the minor beliefs you know but you really start to encompass this solid of the major beliefs that you know jesus christ is lord and and you know he died on a cross and what we've really found encouraging over this last year being in the podcast realm is being able to connect with people um, it's amazing to hear other people's stories. It's amazing, like hearing your story or, or going out to some of the groups and just really digging in and, and meeting people. Um, not that we've shut down. Hey, look, our church has been rolling since since this whole pandemic started. But what's really cool is we get to even be more engaged. I think that's a cool word, engaged. And over the last two years, I would say that what's happened in my life during this and what's happening in because of podcasting or because of ministry or because of of the places where where i've ended up or with COVID, almost on my deathbed in COVID, god has been sifting me sifting me to the idea that this warrior this army warrior will get deeper than that but this army warrior really has no control of of, of what's going on in the world and that i need to take a step back and really let god do his work and put everything into that realm, into that prayerful realm. Well, and here's the thing too, and, and you know, what I'll say about this podcast is that it doesn't matter to me if, if a Christian is listening to it, although I'm a Christian, it doesn't matter to me if a Christian's listening to it or someone that doesn't have a faith walk, that doesn't, you know, they, they would call themselves non-Christian, maybe agnostic. It doesn't matter to me because encouragement is universal. And I love right. what you said about sifting because I think no matter what walk of life that you're in, Shay, we've all gone through struggles that have kind of sifted us and kind of made us stop and realize, okay, the things, and I love what you said with sifting because really what you're trying to do in the sifting process is get rid of those impurities, get rid of those things that aren't supposed to be there, which which all of us have done. Companies have done that. Companies have said, you know, um, oh, here's a good example. Restaurants that never did takeout previously, you know, were now sifting through their revenues going, we've got to do something else or sifting through their business model and going, man, we've got to do something else or we're going to die. And, and so that sifting brings the good things that you brings those good things to the top and maybe in a business or church setting, it brought some of those good things to the top. When you think about the sifting process for you, what was that aha moment? Maybe that V8 moment where you said, this is the lesson that I'm really getting out of this. So 
uh, September, I, I came down with COVID. Uh, I guess Delta variant. I, I'm so, you know, I'm so lost on what variants are where and who's getting what. Um, but on day 12, my wife actually looked down, thought I was done. Uh, never ended up in the hospital because my oxygen levels always stayed above 90, but my lungs would just seize. Um, and in that moment of just laying there, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm one of those guys that like to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you get you get that, you know, how many years in the military, 30 plus years in the military, and like, you're used to war, you're used to battle, you're used to being the one who puts on the, the armor and all these things. And I'm laying in that bed and I've got a verse on the board because I was in the second bedroom and we got our prayer board in there. And it was Naaman 1-7. It's like, the Lord is good, a stronghold in day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. And I'm laying there listening to the Bible app 24 seven. I'm, I'm laying on this bed, I can do nothing. The, the most I can do is, is with 103.8 temperature is take myself, I'm trained medic as well, but take myself to the bathtub, put myself in the bathtub, bring my temperature down a little bit. I can barely get there, but I'm doing all of this. I'm checking my pulse sock, checking my temperature. I'm trying to keep it down the best I can. Doctors are telling me, hey, look, when you, when you get work bad enough, show up at the emergency room. You know, and no, no medications were coming. Uh, you know, wife got online, got some medications to me, but I'm laying there and, and, and God's like, I've got this. Mm-hmm. You just, you, I, I've got this. And, and what does that do? It's, it's like what you were saying. It's like, you know, being able to, to talk with everyone, being able to put yourself aside, humble yourself before the Lord, humble yourself, you know, into a servant's position and really start to, to not necessarily, you don't agree all the time, but it's like, let me listen. Yeah. Let me hear what these other narratives are instead of trying to hold my own narrative. Shay, I've got to, I got to jump in here because yeah, yeah. I, I think what you, where, where I'm fascinated with this and, and forgive me for, for kind of stepping away from the spiritual. I don't want to, I don't want to diminish the spiritual, but here's where my, here's where I thought is going as you're, as you're talking about this, you know, what's going on in your body from your training and everything that you know in your career in the military as a medic, you know what's going on in your body. You probably know what the doctor's prescribing. You're probably going, yeah, that's that, that'd that be the same thing I would probably do if I were in a military hospital or if I were on, you know, if I were in, in, in the, you know, in, in the, in, in the war field, you know, I would be, you know, I would probably try to, if, you know, if I had a soldier that came in with 103.8 degree fever, here's how I would start to treat him or her, things like that. Knowing what you knew, how did you keep your mind from going to the worst case scenario? Because you, you know, I would think that for me, if I'm laying there and I, I have a high fever and I have a hard time breathing, yeah, I feel terrible but I don't have the knowledge you have. I don't know what you know. Knowing what you know, how did you keep your mind in a place of overcoming what you were going through? I think it's just something that's built up over time. You know, you're in the battlefield, you're in the wars. Um, you're, you know, as hospitalized at one point, uh, combat related injuries and PTSD. Um, and you just come to this conclusion and, and I've, I've come to this conclusion a long time ago, but now of course you say, you know, not to take it away from the spiritual, but also there's a lot of spiritual to that. 
there's there's an acceptance of of where I'm going. You know, before mm-hmm. before before Jesus came along, it was like I, honestly, I thought I was going to another place. You know, I, I I had my bed made. I was gonna be in the pits of hell. Is really going from oh no to old oh boy. Yeah, oh boy, boy, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be suffering the rest of my life. Well, yeah, because most people, well, Shay, most people in that situation realize that that when when life is coming to an end, if if they you know let's say they have a terminal illness or something like that, you know, it's kind of like regret, regret, regret. You know, where, where am I going? And that's why I say, oh, no to oh boy, because the Apostle Paul says to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And and the Apostle Paul was like, oh, okay. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so the Apostle Paul knew, you know, maybe in his former life, as he walked the Damascus road, you know, as he was holding the coats of people that were stoning Stephen and he was involved in that, he was probably like, oh, no. But now he's gone to, oh boy, because he knew where he was going. Right. He knew where, where, where life was taking it. So that's why, that's why I said it that way. And I love what you said about keeping your mind in, in the right places in in heavenly places. Not that you, not that you're trying to say, Hey, you know, um, man, I'm so ready to check out of here. Because we're humans, man, right? We, you know, because we have families, we, we love people, you know, I don't want to die. I, I don't want to go, but knowing that, okay, the ultimate reward for a Christian is that I'm going to get to see Jesus, hmm. you know, or reconnect with my case, reconnect with my dad. Right. Reconnect with uncles and aunts and grandparents who've gone on to be with the Lord. Take me to the moment when you started to get recovery. How did that, how did your mindset shift when, when you started to feel better and you're going, okay, I, I, I'm going to get through this. I'm, I'm going to be okay with this. Cause maybe there's somebody that, that is walking that road right now. Or has walked that road and they're still not quite there yet in their mind and their heart. Cause there's still some fear there. How did you overcome that when you knew you were getting better and moving forward? There's a purpose. I think purpose is, is, is incredible. I think that, um, so the apostle Paul said, I'd rather be in, in heaven, but I have work to do here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and at that point it's like, okay, look. That's not where I went. That's not where I went. I have work to do here. What is that work? You know, so you kind of start adjusting how you're thinking. Um, okay, so I'm not gonna die, you know, cause I'm laying on the bed. Hey, look, honestly, I thought I was gonna die too. I'm like, I'm not gonna make it. My lungs would seize. I would try, the only way to breathe, and I know this is, is going into that, in that realm again, but it's like, I would try to say Jesus's name. My lungs would not work. I would be sitting there trying to just get them to work and it would just be like, ch- Jesus to the ability to breathe. See, so the healing process. So here I was breathing here. I was starting to recover here. I was being able to start forming words here. I was looking up at my wife that I love, you know, my little two-year-old baby who comes in and was praying for me here and there, you know, her mom would ask her, Hey, look, go pray for your Baba. And she, and look, my little girl would be like, no. And, and my wife was like, why won't she just go pray? She does this yeah. but in secret. She would sneak in. And put her hands on me, a little two-year-old, and say, 
Baba, Lord, heal. Baba, Lord, heal. And you come out of it and you're like, you're looking at life and you're like, okay, this is abundant. This is abundant living now. You know, this is what God says. He says, I will carry you through. You know, he, he made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Mm-hmm. My storm that I was going through was hushed. My storm that I was going through became still. And at the end of it, you just look up to the heavens and you're like, wow. Okay. What do I do now? What can I do now? Yeah. Show me a way. Well, yeah. In, 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 I love that, that part of it, because again, when, when we are in really tough situations, the mind races because you're, it's, you're almost in fight or flight. And you know, Mm -hmm. this from your military background, the fight or flight mechanism really kicks in because at that point to, to what you were talking about, you were just struggling to breathe because your lungs were seizing and that fight or flight kicks in and you don't know what to do, but to just go, I don't know what else to do, but just for Christian, we don't know what else to do, but to call on the Lord. Right. That's all you know how to do in that moment. And I've told people, Shay, I've told people this before. It's like, I, I can't help you. The only thing I can do is pray for you. Mm. And sometimes that's a throwaway line, but it's really powerful because what you're really saying is I'm going to do the best thing that I know to do for you in that moment. And that's to pray and really seek the Lord. Let's step aside, take a break. We come back. I want to, I want to dive more into, into your podcast, the pantry podcast with your wife, Michelle beautiful podcast I, I i'm looking at the website here the pantrypodcast.com some powerful guests and, and so i want to talk about the power of your podcast the, the and, and what we're doing here with with spreading intentional encouragement my guest the co-host of the pantry podcast shay watson joining me on the intentional courage podcast Shay's also a military veteran and we'll get into that story here in a minute as well too but we're going to step aside take a break Come back with us here on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Back in a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us, and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt, or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car, whatever it is you want to do financially in the coming year. Let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. Products for Profit. Now, this is a course taught by my good friend, Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks? It could do the same thing for you, too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done, take this full-time as well. Go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP. And oh, by the way, this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now, give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement. And you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game. Again, go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash 
slash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Shay, let's let's dive into the podcast because you know, I, I'm looking at at the. I mean, you you've got some great guests, and people people have said to me, "Is like Brian, you got you've had some good guests on your podcast." And I'm looking at yours, and I'm going, "Man, this is this is powerful." Take me to the moment that you decided to do. You and your wife decided to do the type of podcast that you're doing because it's different, it's unique, it's unusual. Where was that born out of, and 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 how did that? ultimately translating going into in doing a podcast like you've done uh pantry podcast was born out of conversations that my wife and i would have on the couch so she came to christ uh in 2014 december she started going to the church that we go to now uh january i show up um through different means and different d- different avenues you know we start going to bible study together you we start learning one another we start having conversations about the word of god we start sitting on the couch and just talking about this i'm going through bible college i'm doing all kinds of all kinds of things and just it just getting closer to the lord because i think that sometimes when you hit rock bottom you hit the rock of salvation and then from there you learn wow i can't go any lower than i was and he's just going to keep carrying me and so we just conversation my wife and i we just love to have conversations and so one day she comes in the kitchen and i think this was january of 2020 actually and she's like we should start a podcast and, and i'm sitting in the kitchen i mean look i'm men's ministry leader i'm like life group ministry leader I'm, I'm i work with the pastor beside the pastor in the church i mean i'm working in kenyan missions uh i'm doing all kinds of things and and she and she's like i know it's a lot but just pray about it and so we're sitting there we're talking about it and i love the kitchen the pantry podcast, we hardly say it an analogy about food. It's the funniest thing, but I'm sitting in the kitchen and I, and I, and I cook, I love mm-hmm. to cook. And so we would talk while I'm cooking or we'd sit on the couch and talk while we're cooking. So she's like, we should just take this on air and start just talking about the Bible, talking about the encouragement, you know, maybe challenge a little bit to ourselves, especially to look in the mirror and say, Hey, how can I be a brighter light? How can I bring truth to the word of God and, and really show God for who he is? And so I'm sitting in the kitchen as I'm cooking and she's like, I wonder what we should call it. And I'm like the pantry podcast. And then of course, you know, the analogies start to fly. It's like, Ooh, what's in your pantry? You know, what's in your heart? Is it, is it spiritual nutrition or is it junk food? And so that is how the pantry podcast originated. Uh, And then from there, it's just been a prayerful nonstop. You know, we, we do seasons. Uh, We put in our little Rolodex, the, the, the guests that, that, you know, come into play with our different seasons. And, and we just really keep it in the word. And, and we just love the conversation. I love sitting next to her. Usually you can see double of us on the screen. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on our YouTube channel, we went uh, live this year so you can really see it more. Uh, and she sits next to me and I, and I just love looking over at her and just talking about, you know, the word of God and, and how good he's been, you know, in our lives and the people that we have on the show. And it's just amazing. We just love people who have a story. We're kind of like a gear podcast. It's like, we just love those stories where people are like, man, I overcame my identity is no longer in the world, but it's in Christ. You know, it's no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. And, and because I had an identity crisis, I had, you know, I, I hated me. You know, it's amazing that you, you, when you hate yourself so much, when you see that little glimpse of God's love and he really starts to break through that shell 
of the hate and you start to see that love, how it starts to manifest and how it start, or not man, let's use a better word for people who might not understand that it starts to grow yeah. and you really start to see this glow and this beauty and this unchanging love of a father. And so we just decide, Hey, let's put this on air. Let's just talk like we talk and, and just have conversations. People would be surprised of what's in my pantry. There's like peanut butter and bacon, <laughs> you know, there's like pre-cooked bacon, uh, right. some tuna, uh, some ramen noodles. Cause my wife uses our pantry. Like, okay, if we were stuck and we, we, we needed to, to eat to, you know, to sustain, or, you know, power outage, stuff like that. Um, of course, we live in West Virginia, so, you know, what do you expect? I mean, you know, it's like we probably should have junk food there living in the fattest state in the country, but, you know, we don't. We have, you know, we have – my wife's philosophy to that was – and here's where I'm going with this. My wife's philosophy about stocking our pantry was she wanted things in there that we didn't need to cook. We didn't need to, to do a lot of prep to it if we had to have it. We could just open it up and eat it. And and I love the, I love what you said there about that because some people's pantries are perfectly stocked. They're just like, well, you know, I'm going to have spices in the pantry. I'm going to have, you know, this in the pantry and things like that stuff they might use day to day. But when the rubber meets the road, how is that going to serve them? How's that going to help them? And, and, and then some people like ourselves, and I'm not saying we're, we're perfect. We do it right. But my wife was very intentional about the pantry. When, when you think about the people that you've had on your podcast, mm. what did they bring to your pantry? What did they add to your pantry that made you stop and go, wow, from having this conversation with that person, now this is in my 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 spiritual pantry so to speak what take me through that what what have you found that's added to your kind of spiritual pantry sustenance capacity understanding um we've had some really really cool guests that have really challenged the way that we love uh, maybe lifestyles that were, were different than ours, different perspectives to, to different topics, and just having an ear to hear how a transformation is being done, sometimes not in, in, in the perfect way that you would like. You know, you're like, oh, you know, you get God and, and you should be able to see all these wonderful fruit. And it's like, well, you're seeing fruits. You're seeing change. Or you get God and your life is just suddenly supposed to be perfect. Right, right, right. And, and it's not like, okay, our, our pantry, I got two pantries. I got, I got one like you have, and then I've got the disorganized one I work out all the time. So it's got like all the spices and all the, the, the oils and the, and, and then I've got the- Ours has got toilet paper and paper towels in it, man. Because I got, clo <laughs> I got a closet for that. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what, what my wife did. She turned a closet in yeah. our house and into kind of like a makeshift pantry because I'm like, all of a sudden I'm low, I'm unloading stuff and I'm like, where does this go? It's like in there, right? That's a closet in a spare bedroom. No, it's pantry. No, right. that's pantry now. And so when I need to go run and get, uh, dude, listen, that's where we keep water enhancers. We keep mints. We keep 
sweetener. I like stevia. So we keep, I mean, I'm telling you, there is just so much, but you know what? I love what you, I love where you're going with that because every guest, whether it's this podcast or the pantry podcast leaves a little something in that pantry that just, that just adds to it. And then I find myself and Shay, I don't know if you, if it's like this for you, but I find myself thinking back to episodes that I've recorded and something that was said, I'm like, I remember that. Like that's something that somebody left. And, and we're, you know, as we record this, we've released officially released 188 episodes unofficially with some bonus episodes. We're well over 200 episodes. And, and you sit there and you go, how much different, would my life be if if this medium hadn't come about where where is the next for the for the pantry what do you see you got let me let me let me stop myself here let me ask you this way Nate, give me one or two people that you really would love to sit down and have a conversation with on your podcast if you could oh boy that changes all the time. <laughs> Doesn't it though? Yeah. I mean, it, it really does. You know, there for a while is Vody Bochum. And then I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, maybe, maybe not. Um, but there's some, there's, you know, I, I don't think that I always look for the name, you know, the one that just stands out. We've been, we've been blessed. Um, you know, some of the bigger names reached out to us. And so it was a blessing to to have them on, but really, when I when I if I was to say sit here and say that my next guest, right, would really just be that next impactful story, or that impactful idea, you know, how can we further this 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 love of God? How can we further disciple people in in the ways that are that are oh beautiful way of doing it instead of just this forceful way that I always hear about. I, I honestly, I never hit the church hurt scene. Uh, yeah. I, I was so far away from the church that, that I, I never really hit that scene. Uh, when I was a kid, yes, I grew up in assemblies of God. Yes. I, at the time believed that if I sin, I go to hell, but sometimes I don't know if that was because of the church or because of how I misunderstood his, his grace and his mercy and his love. And so, you know, but when I, when I look at the perfect guest for our show, it would be that story of yeah. somebody who just came from the bottom or somebody who has knowledge to speak to that person who came from the bottom. But what we generally tend to have are the people who have been in the bottom, who have, have really had lives that God radically changed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, you take in Jay Warner Wallace, you know, I'll shout out a name there, but you take Jay Warner Wallace and, and that dude turns around on our interview and starts interviewing us about how we're raising our child and asking us questions. Yeah. Because it's important, you know, how we raise our children up. And, and it's just amazing the, the meat and the content that has come out of these. So do I have a, a, a guest that is on my, my top 10 list? Yeah. The guest who is going to be able to shine the kingdom. Yeah. Well, and I tell people too, and, and, and I, and, and this, this may happen to you 
and, I, and I'll peel back the curtain a little bit, and then we'll step aside and take a break. But for those of you listening to this podcast, what happens sometimes is that people will reach out to you because they're just looking to be on podcasts. They're trying to get on as many podcasts as they can get, whether they have a book, their own podcast, whatever it is, they're just looking to get on as many podcasts as they can. And, and I'm real intentional, Shay, and I, I'd love to get your perspective on this. For this podcast, I want to know your story. Like, like, you know, I'm, I'm a happy, you know, thank you for reaching out. I appreciate that. But what is it about your story that is going to make people go, oh, wow. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that. And, and I think a lot of times people are, are looking to just go, I just want to be out there instead of, instead of saying, let me tell you my story, whether it's a salvation story, whether it's a, just a life story about abuse or overcoming a sickness or, um, losing a loved one and, and how it impacted them overcoming depression, um, something like that to where it's like, that's that's the you know because here's the thing we we and forgive me for going here for just a minute but it's almost like we get we, we get so focused on the garnish on the plate that we forget there's a steak there mm. or or you know the the chef that's that's more interested in how the plate looks than how it tastes than what's actually in it the meat of, of that and that's what i would encourage some people and, 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 and I don't know how you feel. Well, how do you, how, when I say something like that, as a podcast host yourself, what, do, how, what does that trigger inside of you or kind of spark inside of you that way about how people approach you guys to, to come on the pantry podcast? So interestingly enough, <laughs> we don't get a lot of people approaching us. I think that sometimes, sometimes in the podcast uh, community, they look at us as, as strong personalities um, in the sense of what our show is a makeup of. Yeah. Um, yeah. We speak straight. Uh, we speak very literal to the Bible. We're, we're very close to the Bible. Um, and again, when I look at the camera, I'm telling you, I'm looking at this camera now. I have the little thing flipped. I, I can see it on the screen over there as well. But I have the little the camera, you know, screen flipped, and I'm looking at myself. Um, so what is that like? I, I rarely reach out for interview. Um, I am very prayerful about everything that I do. Um, I read through the CPA. I read through you know these different platforms of of you know podcasters and people looking for guests. And I would hope that that would be the heart behind people who want to be on a show. You know, God used me and, and God, where do you want to use me? Yeah, um, yeah. So we're very intentional. I love the word behind you, intentional, yeah, because we just yeah. came off of our life group year and we do a, a, a word of a year, you know, that's kind of our baseline. This year's obedience. Last year was intentional mm -hmm. and I want to be intentional. I, I, if you, if you're coming on the show, I want, I, I, you know, I, I want to hear your story. I don't want the, pro, you know, the promotion of a book is awesome. If you got a book coming out and, and but we're going to be prayerful about it. So when people do, they do reach out and, 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 and we look at it and we, we pray about it and we go in and we dig in 
and we see, but we're very intentional about our show. Uh, even, you know, not to throw it out there, but you know, you even asked, and it's like, well, I'll sit down with you and, and, and you know, let's see where you fit in. You know, where, where would you come into a season? Because I want God to be in control of the season. And, yeah. and I think I want God to be in control of what show I go on or what show my wife interviews on, because I want, we're not going for the thousand or even the 10,000. We really went into this for the one. Yeah, if that's one it. Per, yeah, if one person could, and, and you know, when you look at my story and, and Bri, it's like broken home, molestation, you know, identity crisis all the way through military combat, PTSD, lost, uh, you know, miscarriages and, 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 in, in birth, you know, like my, my ex-wife, ex, ex-wives, um, addiction. You start looking at all of these things that have built my life in the world to when I turned 41 and it just changed everything. And you look back and you're like, you know what? I touch a lot of avenues. Yeah. I don't like to talk to all those avenues every time. I think I sat down once with, with Rodney Calder or Rodney on uh oh gosh, well, I can't I'll, I'll I'll come up with it, but uh on his podcast, uh Breaking Daylight or one of those, and it's like I had to go through my whole story. And it was a it was a long, you know, episode and it was like but I can touch on these things. And really, when you boil it down, I had an addiction problem. I had addiction to women, addiction to drugs, addiction to, 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 to needing to be encouraged or needing to, to be told I was doing good. And at the end of the day, 41 years in, into my life, I realized I don't need that. I just need one thing. And so my identity crisis became healed because... It was no longer I or the world identifying me, but it was Christ who was identifying me for who I was. And I think that's important to get out there to people. You said broken people or people who are suffering or people going through depression. You yeah. know, we, we always go towards the world. And, and, and I'm not saying there aren't good things out there. You know, yeah. But is good God? You know, can good fix what God can fix? Yeah. I would, in my opinion, I say no. I think we can band-aid things. I was bandaged for a long time. And every time something went wrong, you peel that bandaid off. Hmm. So when we're talking about podcasting, I think it's really important that we're intentional. The guests that we pick, we, we really think about, we pray about, we, we, we bring them in because, you know, it's not just, ooh, their story's cool and it's going to get me listens. No, their story is cool and it's going to help somebody. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. That's it. Because, Shay, you, you – and I love where this conversation's going, and, and I want to tell – a part of your story, but he, 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 that's what it's about. It, it's about what, what happens when someone is listening and they hear the story and they go, I've walked that road because there's immediately there, there. And, and, and I said this in my book and, and I'll refer back to it. And it's the, the one line in the, in my book that I always say, People buy connection before they ever make a transaction. And when people feel connected to something, they, they turn, they turn the radio up, right? They could be listening to the radio. They could be listening to a sports talk show. They could be listening to a podcast, but when something connects with them, the first thing they're doing is they're cranking that volume up a little more. Now you got my attention as that person continues. Oh, yeah, I, I, I know what that's like. They talk a little bit more. Oh, man. 
And maybe somebody gets emotional because they remember where they were in that moment as somebody's telling the story and they go, yeah, for me, it was this. For me, it was that. For me, it was something else. So, man, I love that. I, I've got to be mindful. I've got to be respectful of your story. And I want to save room and space to do that. We Because this is fascinating. I, we could talk about this all day long. <laughs> but But I would be doing the listeners a disservice if we didn't hit on some of the highlights of your story. We will do that. Shay Watson is my guest, co-host of the Pantry Podcast. Come back because Shay's going to tell part of his story here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. You come back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. I want to take a moment and tell you about my friend Harry Spate and his new book, Selling with Dignity. Harry has taken an age-old concept of sales, and he's put a new twist to it, and I love the direction that he's taken with Selling with Dignity. And here's what's encouraging about Harry's book. Instead of viewing people as numbers and machines, salespeople are now given the tools and the encouragement to be dignified in their approach. Here's what Harry says. He says, selling is an honorable profession when it's done right. When sellers feel Feel they're valuable and have integrity and respect. This opens the door for better conversations and eventually relationship. This book puts an end to sleazy sales tactics and proves why selling with dignity can be done and it leads to massive success. And I couldn't agree more. Go to sellingwithdignity.com, get your copy today. And if you want Harry to sign it, he'll do that for you. Again, go to sellingwithdignity.com and pick up your copy today of the new book by Harry Spate, Selling with Dignity. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional encourage your podcast Shay listen man I we we've had some dynamite conversation and I've loved every minute of it but again I'm gonna feel like I missed it if if we didn't dive into your story and you mentioned it before the break some of the things that you've gone through I don't want you to take me through the lowest moment of your life I want you to take me to the place where things started shifting in your life in those areas, because people would say, well, take me to the lowest moment. And, and, and yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's where everybody wants to go with a story. I want you to take me to that place when things really started to shift or take me as far back as you want to go. I mean, really you, you, the floor is yours. I'm going to shut up. And I'm just going to back away here and I'm just going to let you take the keys and, and you take us wherever you want to go. And I, I may jump in with a, a thought or two or, or a question, but man, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to hand you the keys of the car. You take us where you want us to go. I, I, I love, I love testimonies. I, I think we've, we've dialed that in through, through the conversation that we've been having uh, because what's cool about a testimony and, and one of my mentors or discipler uh, early on told me, he goes, Hey, look, share 10 minutes of your, of your, of your, of your beginning, but share 20 minutes of how good it is now. And I think that's a, a key for all of us. Cause we, we tend to spend a lot of time in, in where we were and we don't spend enough time in, in where we're going. And it kind of makes me think of the demon possessed man. Uh, when Jesus comes off the boat, man, he's out there. He's just reckless, just completely reckless, you know? And, and, and Jesus says, everybody's avoiding him. They're scared of him. He breaks chains. He's, he's wild. Mm -hmm. Jesus goes right to him. He's like, I'm okay with this. And then he heals him up and all this stuff. He wants to go with Jesus. And what, what does Jesus tell him? He says, no, he says, return to your home. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. Yeah. 
you know, and I, and I, I love those where that leads. And so where was my turning point? You know, I'm 15, I'm, well, I don't know, 13 years into a marriage. You know, we've had eight miscarriages. Uh, I quit drugs for, for, for my ex-wife. Um, and life just got really hard because we, we had nowhere to turn to except to each other. And then each other was failing like left and right. And the, the, the idea of going back to a life like that started to come into the house or creep into the house. And I sat there and something inside of me was just like, you know, if you go back to that, if you go back to drugs, if you go back to drugs, especially, um, you're finished. Well, that's a place where people can bury hurt. And every time you have a miscarriage, it's a hurt that begins to layer, right? I mean, is that kind of where you were kind of what you were feeling and how you were in that moment? Yeah, you, you, um, I know, I know men don't get as much of that attention as, as, you know, we give a lot to the women because we're the bravado, we're the macho, but it rips you apart. You're right. It's yeah. layered, you know, layer. And, and we're not talking like the first week or the first couple of weeks we're talking, getting into the second trimester. So, so, you know, we're talking like getting like by, buying baby shoes for a child, you know, and, and sending them to the grandparents and then losing a child. Then, then it happens again. You buy another set of shoes, you put it in the closet because you're like, you know, you start to get that fear and that, that worry and, 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 and you put them in the closet and then they just sit there and they sit there for years. And one day you just, you come to this conclusion, like, well, we're just never gonna have a child. And you throw those shoes away or you give those shoes away. Um, but you didn't have, there was no finality to that. There was no healing to that. It was just brokenness. And, and you're trying to receive something that you think is going to happen. So that's where we were at. And, and then drugs started kind of, kind of portraying, I don't want to beat up no, too much. So, but I had to put my foot down and say, Hey, no, I can't have this in the house. Um, at that moment, the Holy, I think the Holy Spirit been working on me since, since childhood. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, um, I just thought that I was no good. I was going to hell. So, you know, it was my own thing that had to be worked out. But in that turning moment, um, my ex-wife left. And I remember that night. So the turning moment was, was uh, 2013, New Year's Eve. I'm home alone. My wife, wife has packed her bag. She's left. She's like, I just want to go hang out with my young friends and, and just go stay with them. And I'm like, alone. Here I am alone again. Of course, that feeling of aloneness was something I'd carried with me since childhood. And so I'm sitting there and, and I'm like, I just want to go to sleep. So I pop to Ambien. I, I drink down a beer. I mean, I'm not trying to, I just want to go to sleep. I'm not trying to get messed up. I just like, I'm done. I'm tired. Um, I wake up at a friend's house that's in Virginia, which is about, about 45 minutes away. And I'm like, how'd I get here? And he goes, well, you drove. And I'm like, oh, cause I didn't remember any of that. And I'm sitting across from him. He's a military friend of mine, uh, w, double amputee, really good friend from the military and he's got a gun sitting next to him. And I'm looking at this gun and I'm like, why you got your gun? And he goes, well, sir, he goes, Hey brother, I just want to watch over you. But at the same time, I needed to protect myself. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, reach in your hoodie. And I reach in my hoodie and I had a pistol on me, hmm. but my friend sat there all night vigil watching over me. And I, and I told myself, like, here I'm telling my, my, my wife at the time, I don't want this stuff being brought in. I don't want a dependency. I don't want to turn to something. And yet, what, what did I do on New Year's Eve? You know, I take two Ambien. I just want to be done. And so I turn. So I wake up that next morning. It's New Year's Day. And I'm like, I go home. I'm feeling like I did it again. And so I open up a laptop. 
and my mom, you know, they're praying for me. My dad's praying for me. Everybody's praying for me, you know, that, that I would find a relationship, that I'd really find this relationship. I open a laptop and I'm like, I've done it every other way. I hit rock bottom. My wife left me. You know, I, 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 I'm sitting there like just lost. And something says, open this laptop, find a church that's close enough to you that if, you, if your car breaks down, you can walk if you, or take the bus, but you can get there. And I found the church that I'm in now. So to me, I've always described it as, as hitting rock bottom, but landing on the rock of salvation. So landing with Jesus Christ, like landing into a relationship with something that never changes. And that was the turning point. It was in January, 2014. Of course, you know, everybody, Hey, look, you make these decisions. And by February, I'm in Kenya, I'm in Africa. I travel a lot. Uh, and I'm over there with the same friends because, you know, you haven't changed your friends up. You know, mm -hmm. your friends that party, your friends that have fun. Your Man, methamphetamines, we're, we're in the scene now. Here I was in, in Kenya hitting the meth. I'm overseas getting high off drugs. And, I mean, I'm telling you, it was a wrecking ball to me. Um, as I'm flying back from, from Kenya, I'm just like, I think I'm at my most broke. So broken was January. Most broke was the end of February. And I got to ask you, Shay, can I jump in? I got to ask you this. It's amazing that you take two ambience, you drink a beer, mm. and you don't remember how you got there, but you drive 45 minutes to a friend's house, and you've got a pistol in your hoodie. And, and, you know, you, you have, you don't remember any of this and your friends describing this to you, as you look back now, what, what emotion takes over first? Is it bewilderment that, how did I pull that off? Or is it fear of, I could have, something really bad could have happened. Or is it just overwhelmingness that when, when, when I had that kind of moment, a guy that had his own problems was watching over me and being that kind of, what, what do you, what, because I can't imagine, I mean, there would be a myriad of emotions that, that would come as you tell that story. What's the first emotion that hits you? as you relive that moment shame shame hmm. you're, you're waking up in in front of somebody that you have mutual respect for granted your brother you know your brothers um but they're seeing you at your weakest when usually they see you in your in, in your strengths and i think it also you know I, I not at the time i would never think of it at the time but i was also in some ways I felt, oh boy, <laughs> it's like when your friend watches over you <laughs> and, and you're just sitting there in awe almost mm -hmm. that he would care enough not to just throw you out, push you out the door. Um, there's several Christ moments or reflective moments in my life where, where I was received when man, most of the world would have rejected. And here he was in this moment and he was receiving me. Now the shame comes in and thankfulness comes in and, and gratitude comes in for what he's done for me. Um, embarrassment comes in. Um, 
amazed that you're right. I didn't kill somebody or end up in, in a, a concrete barrier or a wall. Um, but also in that moment, and, and really because it's a changing moment, it was like, I can't do this moment. I, I, I don't have it in me to fix this. I, I have no strength in this. So how does a military man, a career military man, come to terms with that because in the in the military you're trained to know what to do even in the most hostile aggressive life-altering situations like you know like like there have been guys on this podcast that that were that were military people and they they've taken me through those moments in in battle uh, one comes to mind, Pasha Palanker steps on an IED and he's like, I land 15 feet away. I've got all my arms and limbs, but I didn't realize I had a TBI. Another friend of mine, Eric Conovalov walking me through that. Even a, a man who is the oldest living congressional medal of honor recipient. And he's taken me through the moment at Iwo Jima where mm -hmm. He's, he's, he's got a flame. I'm sitting in the room with him. He's got flamethrow. All of you guys have something in common is that you're trained for moments of every, every piece of chaos that can surround you, surrounds you. And in this moment that you're describing to me, you're like, I can't do this anymore. How, how does that how does that come into play when your training for, for all those years in the military says, man, soldier, get your stuff together, get yourself together and, and just plow. I mean, it, it seems to me, it, forgive me for kind of this bewildered question, but it seems so counterintuitive to all the years you spent in the military where you were always kind of drilled into your mind in chaos, man, you rise up because that's what we do. We're we're the we're the best and the bravest. And in this midst of chaos that you were having in your life, it really led you to a point of, man, I don't know what else to do. Does that seem to you, as you look back on it, the conflict of the life that you had lived professionally? and the life you were living personally. I hope I asked that question right, because that's that's what's bubbling in my mind as you're telling this. The, the bright side, I would call it, of success versus the dark side of my personal um, collided. Um, and I had to come to that truth pill. And, and it, it it hits you. And then of course, you, you know, as I started to say, I, I fell again in February because obviously truth pill hit me. I hit that, that, that bottom. And yet I think I still, and I still do some to this day. I hold those, those moments where I'm in control. Like I, I, I think I'm giving God control. <laughs> like here it is. I, you know, I'm humble. I, I, I got to drop my pride. I, I, I've got to get better, you know? Uh, I've got to put a, put all that training aside and there's just some things I'm going to fail at. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then all of a sudden you start finding yourself taking control again. 
Um, and it took another breaking to where I, I finally, in that moment in time, it was like I said, there was a breaking and then there was a super breaking. And in that, in that, in that, in that double down breaking after February, I literally came to the conclusion that I can't do this. I mean, I mean, I just could not do this. Um, I had to give everything complete control, which, oh my God, <laughs> complete control, giving complete control to anyone outside of myself, uh, back to the sifting on the, on the bed. Obviously I'm still learning because <laughs> yeah. God's, God's like, uh, you keep telling me you're giving me this control, but you, you, I keep finding you in my business. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Sift again, sift again. It takes a lot because we're we're actually taught that way. Like you said, we're we're taught to, you know, raise our chest up, handle anything, be able to do anything. Um, even going through the psychiatric part of of my life, the PTSD, the delusions, the nightmares, that was a difficult thing to do, and I hit it well. I hit it really well until it got to a point where I was putting my own soldiers at harm. Um, in combat because I was reckless, um, in the sense of no fear, no anything. So you, you just, all of these constant breakings. And when you look back at it, God was actually bringing me to a point because he knows us, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And, and he brought me, I, I call it, I'm stubborn. Sometimes he takes a baseball bat and has to smack me in the head. I, I I'm kind of that type. Yeah. Um, and he took some really good swings. Yeah. Right, right. He took some really good swings at me, and 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 finally knocked some, knocked some knowledge into me that hey. And so I, in March, I got down on my knees, and of 2014, and I just looked up and I said, "Look, you, I'm yours. I'm yours. Um, whatever that looks like. I know there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be challenges. Um, things. And he and and in that moment, he took some things away from my life that were demons." You know, PTSD gone. I haven't had a delusion, nightmare, flashback since. Hmm. Praise God. Amen. Um, pornography gone. Like, like in a heartbeat, just no desire. Drinking, alcohol, drugs gone. Now, pride and 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 some of these other things that we have to wear. To this day, I have to sit there and, and I go to work sometimes. I still work for the army, so I still have. I'm still around bravado, and uh, I have to remind myself even to this day, fruit of the spirit, Shay. Through the spirit shade. And one of my ones that I key in all that is self-control because I am so used to just, ah, you know, and it's like back it down. It's that, get that control. Yeah. Let, let God work. Step back. Don't, you know, don't engage because engagement. Hello. We're warriors. Oh yeah. My whole, my whole beginning career, I went from infantry on up and moved up to ops. And so I'm always used to engaging. Like the enemy comes at me, I engage. Enemy comes at me, I engage. Um, and I and, and I don't have a lot of fear when it comes in that. So when things are throwing me, I don't, I don't have that that type of fear that some people might have or might not have. And it's like, I want to engage. And, and God is telling me, no, 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 no. Disengage. Disengage. I have this. I've got this. And so that was really important. Like life-changing actually because it took some pressure off. Yeah. It really did. It's like, oh, okay. It's here. Uh, okay. Awkward. You know, sometimes, you know, I don't have to control the fight that, that, right, that, right, that's, right, right. you know, I don't, you, you know, that's exactly, I, I got to ask you this. If you could jump back as we record this in 
January of 2022. You could go back to January 2013 and you would find Shay Watson. What do you think you would give? What kind of encouragement? What kind of intentional encouragement would you give Shay of 2013 from Shay of 2022 if you could step back? How would you how would you encourage yourself? How would you counsel yourself in those dark moments? Very interesting question that I would probably usually have an answer for. But as I'm sitting here talking to you and like kind of rolling these 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 thoughts in, in my head and thinking about engage, disengage, engage, disengage, engage, disengage. We always think that we can go back and engage in something that God has already put in motion. And so I, I'm going to sit here and say it, that I really believe that I would disengage because I believe that everything that happened, my, I don't call my testimony, my testimony. I call it God's testimony. Mm -hmm. There was a, a necessity for this. I had to be, there, there was another time I'm sitting in my apartment. I'm coming home. I'm listening to, to Jeremy Riddle, sweetly broken. I also sing. So I love music. Um, I, I'm on the worship team and it's, it's just, it's just so awesome. Just to, I don't, I love to worship. It, obviously worship, worship is my worship. That's what the shirt says. But, uh, and I'm listening to sweetly broken. I come into my apartment, you know, this is after like complete submission to God and saying, God, I just can't do this. And it's talking about being sweetly broken. And those two things never went together for me. Mm -hmm. If you're broken, you suck. <laughs> you know, to put sweetly broken in front of that, hold up now. This is something really good. So you, and I are, you and I are to two totally different people. Because <laughs> at our church, I play keyboard. Uh-huh. And there are times that, that as they're singing, and, and I'm into I'm bearing down. You know, I'm looking yeah. at the keyboard, make sure I'm hitting the notes right. But there are times that I'll look in the balcony. I'm like, okay, who's in the balcony? That, that, the, my, my like kind of like um, ADD kind of kicks in like, okay, who's in the balcony or where's my wife sitting or where's, you know, it, you know, it, it kind of breaks that, that it's not that I'm not engaged in, in, in the worship. I'm just bare. I'm focusing on, right. on, on, on the chords I got to play and you know, where we're going next. And I'm listening to my drummer. I'm listening to my bass player and, and, and I'm just like, there are times that I just got to disengage. You know, we talk about engagement. There are times I just got to disengage. Like, yeah, I need to just kind of look around a little bit. Like, oh, cool. So-and-so's there. And, and then right. kind of middle note, like, I had to make sure I see him after church or see them after, you know. Um, that's I don't know why why that triggered what. <laughs> what's that? That's, that's amazing capacity. Uh, so I don't know what not, made me bring that up. I guess you were talking we're about not being. not so different. Yeah. To be honest, we're not so different. Here's the reason. So I run around church because I, I, I help pastor. I, I, I pretty much, I fill yep. in where it's necessary. And so I am always like, boom, 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 boom. Like I have that same problem organization and like, it's gotta be da, 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 da. And I'm constantly thinking about different things. Worship is the one place that something shuts down. And I, I, I don't even know that they're there. Like I, I feel so alone on the stage, but it's, it is, so it's a cool moment in time and space where I get to just shut down for a minute. Cause my mind is constantly going as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're not really that different. It's just that I found that one, that one place where my mind ain't just going a uh, hundred miles an hour. Like, okay, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Oh my gosh. Or, or, or I got to talk to him or I got to see him. And it's just like, so 
blessings. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a blessing. Yeah. There were a couple uh, Sundays that I was helping my pastor, like you, helping do some different things. I wasn't playing. You know, they were like, hey, we need you to do my pastor. Like, I need you to do a couple of different things. And my watch that I wear to church is a hybrid smartwatch. And so I'm syncing it up the next morning. And it's like, I look and it was like 15,412 steps. And I'm like, oh my word. Like I literally walked like three miles just doing stuff at the church. And it, yeah, I can totally empathize there. I got to ask you this, Shay, as, as we bring, as we bring this conversation to a close, because I want to be respectful of your time and the audience's time and I've so loved this conversation, man. This has been so good. I want you to share with folks out there your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. Sometimes we have to sit back in the brokenness. And we have to to recognize that we don't have it all together. I know that's like against the norm. It's like we we're constantly, we're born to sit there and make people believe that we have it together. Um, that's that story, even going into sweetly broken and laying in the entryway of my apartment crying, um, which isn't my thing. I mean, you know, crying isn't always the jump through for, for me, but just mm -hmm. sitting there and really recognizing that it's okay to be in that position in that moment there's a reason there, there's there's a purpose um and then coming around the corner to a, a kitchen that honestly all the dishes had fallen out of the cabinets I, I don't even to this day know how that happened but looking at a ground and seeing all these broken pieces and, and being overwhelmed saying oh my god and like you know you look at your kitchen wrecked you know you're like and you sit down you're just looking at this and and, and all of a sudden you hear this this small voice saying now get a broom get a dustpan it up you clean it up you look at the floor and it's like nothing ever happened mm -hmm. god in that moment was sitting there telling me he and i not that i hear this like angel of the lord you don't know no, i'm just saying yeah. you 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 get this feeling and he's like this is what i've done to you now let's learn how to be there so intentionally mm -hmm. learning who god tells you you are we have a lot of opinions for ourselves we like to weigh ourselves down with a lot of negative opinions. We try to say, oh, we're good, we're good, we're good. But most of the time, if you think about it, a, a, lot, of, a lot of people at least, we beat ourselves up pretty rough. But God's sitting up there and, and he's looking at us. He says, but you got my son and you're my child. I don't see you the way that you see yourself. Is there things that we can work on? Absolutely. But my opinion matters, not your own. And I'm going to, I'm going to work with you in this. So intentionally hearing God and, and, and receiving and accepting that, um, I, 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 psychology, I'm not the best, but I've been through a bunch of it. Um, and they always talked about, you know, reinforcement, you know, reinforcement. Right. And what I, I what I see the Bible as, um, I could sit there in the verses that say I'm, I'm a loser. Or, you know, they say, um, you know, I got sexual immorality and all of these sins, you know. Or I can sit in, in the verses that, that sit there and say, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, when you tie into this, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, now you have love. There's joy there. There's peace there. There's patience. There's kindness. There's goodness. 
you know, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There's no law. You see, we, we put ourselves in that law. Mm -hmm. We put ourselves on the throne as Christians sometimes and we take on that authority that we're like God. And it's like, uh, and I've learned really fast that I don't want to sit on that throne. No, I prefer him to be right where he's at telling me exactly who I am. And so I am intentionally hearing his voice telling me who I am. Yeah. That is so good, man. What, what powerful intentional encouragement, because again, no matter where you walk, no matter what you do in life, you're not defined by other people's definition of you. Right. You know, you, you get, you and God get to have that, that choice. And so, man, I love that. Tell folks how they can find you, find your podcast, connect with you guys, get your resources. I, I man, I know they're going to want to connect with you. Awesome. Uh, www. I always say that. I don't know why. Old school, maybe. www.thepantrypodcast.com. Uh, we're on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple. Um, we are on YouTube now. Uh, look up the Pantry Podcast doc, or the Pantry Podcast on YouTube. And basically, our website will get you everywhere. Uh, you get out to thepantrypodcast.com and it will take you to our support page. When I say support, who we're supporting, you know, our Kenya support, um, feeding the hungry in Kenya right now, um, and, and just loving to get out there and just have these episodes that encourage people. And that is, that's the easiest way though. I think it's just the website. Man, that is so good. Go to the pantry podcast, T H E P A N T R Y P O D C A S T the pantry podcast.com. Shay Watson, man, this has been so good. Thank you for joining me today on the intentional encourage podcast. Oh man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Brian. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.